begin to talk about uh, this subject. Really, we're talking about your faith. Your faith is spoken. Say, my faith is spoken. We're going to see tonight that you don't, there's no faith without speaking it that's going to bring something to pass. In fact, you could have faith and not speak it and not release it, and it still won't work. Because faith has to be in two places. It has to be in your heart and in your mouth. Hallelujah. You want to get these other lights, gentlemen, so we pick up well with the camera. Hallelujah. Um, Romans 1 and verse 8. We're going to start here tonight. We're going to, we've got a lot to cover, but I believe we've got ample time to do it. Notice this. It says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ, or Jesus the Anointed One, and His anointing for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. What a, what a comment for a church. But what happened is I was reading a, a book of Romans recently. These four words jumped off the page to me. Your faith is spoken. Your faith is spoken. So we're talking about speaking our faith. We're talking about, we, a lot of times we could approach it from this level. We're going to entitle this, uh, this message tonight and maybe some others. Your faith is spoken. Say, my faith, my faith. is spoken. spoken. See, your faith has to be spoken. You have to release it out of your mouth. It has to be spoken. And we're going to see some things tonight that are very important. And we're going to rightly divide the word help you to see some things. So if, if you can give me some, uh, you know, if you can move with me kind of quickly here, I want to look at something and then I'll get down into the meat of what I really want to get to. But I need to bring some clarification on this subject of confession. So go back to Matthew with me, chapter three, and we're going to look at four things real quick uh, to bring balance and understanding about confession. We've taught you and begin to say to you many times recently, if, if you've been paying attention, that we are new covenant people. And so we don't live in Nehemiah's day. You can learn something from Nehemiah. You can learn something from the Psalms. I teach out of the Old Testament, as you know, and we bring scriptures out of there. We're going to look at some in Genesis in a little bit tonight. But we're looking at them for principles and to realize, to rightly divide, that I'm not living in that dispensation. Amen. Here's another thing to always remember to interpret your Bible correctly. Who was the passage written to? Who is it addressed to? Who is so-and-so talking about and speaking to when that was written? There's a lot of crazy theology in churches and preachers because they don't rightly divide the word. And, uh, you know, they begin to say, for example, they'll say, well, now what Paul said doesn't agree with what Jesus said. What Jesus said doesn't agree with what Paul said. Well, now, wait a minute here. That's kind of true. But now, wait, who was Jesus speaking to? You don't see him teach it. Now, listen to me carefully here. You could learn some, but it'll help you. You don't see Jesus talking a whole lot of New Testament revelation per se. He alludes to it occasionally. But he's dealing with people under his covenant. Now, this is the breakoff point. Until Jesus resurrected, there was no such thing as a new covenant. Until he could die, be buried, raised from the dead, and take his blood into the heavenly holy of holies, there was no such thing as a new covenant. 
That had to be done first. You can read it in Peter. He says the same thing. That, that, we, that after the resurrection. See, we're thinking in terms, you, always, you should always learn this, that we're thinking in terms what we are now that Jesus has resurrected. The Bible, for example, are you listening? says in 1 John 4 that as He is, so are we in this world. Not as He was. As He is. <laughs> uh, we, see, it takes time for that to sink in because we're so used to reading other things and thinking, well, that, let, me, let, me, let me talk to you about this a minute since I'm on this subject here about rightly dividing. Jesus said in Luke 10 to His disciples, I think there were 70 of them right then, plus his own staff, which would have made 80, 82, plus himself, 83, that he said, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. He wasn't talking about literal serpents and scorpions per se there, because he goes on to say, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, let me ask you, was that before he died or after he died? Before he died. So if he doesn't give us that kind of authority plus, then he didn't die for anything. I mean, why die if he could give it to us? He gave it to them in Luke 10. Why does he got to die then? If, he didn't, if what he did didn't give us the same amount of authority plus, then he died in vain. <laughs> Something to think about. I'm getting ready to teach on this. I want to get over and mess in it as little you can tell get over and play in that because I'm talking about the believer's authority, but I'm on my message tonight. I've got to stay on track here. And let me show you now. I want to read something to you about the word confession comes up here or speaking, but it's not written to us. It's in Matthew 3 and it's about John the Baptist in verse 5 and 6 says this, Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized to him in Jordan, confessing their sins. How many know that's not what you're required to do? Now, I'm, not, I'm talking about, now, who was baptized? It was John. Now, are you listening to me? John the Baptist is baptizing people in water, and he says they're confessing their sins. But I'm going to take you in a minute and show you that's not what we're required to do as a sinner to get in Christ. We're required to confess that Jesus is Lord. He's writing this, to John is baptizing Jews, and Paul would later pick up that thought when he got up to Ephesus in Acts 19, 20 years after Pentecost, Acts 19, 4, and he said, he said well, they said, well, we were baptized by John. He goes, well, you know, I'm paraphrasing. Well, that's commendable, guys, but that baptism was a baptism of repentance. And 1 Peter 3, I'm adding this in for your information. 1 Peter 3 says baptism saves us, not the putting away the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God, and that's the new birth. You couldn't even confess all your sins as a sinner. You don't even know all of them. And you got people trying to get people, well, you got to confess all your sins to get saved. You don't even remember them all, sinner. You're not a sinner anyway. Now you're the right. But see, this is taken out of context here. Although it does say to confess. Now there, there's a confession we have. I'm going to show you in just a second. How many are listening to me? Go to Romans 10. Let's clarify something here. 
Romans 10, verse uh, 9 and 10. And you'll be familiar with this when we get here. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Very familiar. What well, we pray with people at the altar constantly and with all the adults that have been saved too recently, we have probably close to 100 people since May. And then if you add the children that got saved with Brother Sean, that's another 50 some. And what we do is we lead people in a prayer along this line, verse 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, Paul's writing, the Lord Jesus, so he's not belittling Jesus, is he? No, he's going to say you have to confess him as Lord, and thou shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved, or we would say, because we're so familiar with that because of John and Jesus back in John's gospel, born again, that's the same thing. Be saved, be born again. And really the better word is what? Redemption. Be redeemed. <laughs> we taught that last year, remember? Thou shalt be redeemed. Thou shalt be saved. Thou be born again. You'll become a new creature. Any of the above would fit there. I'm just trying to get it out of a generic mindset for you. What does it mean to be saved? Well, nothing if you don't know what it means. I mean, if you're saved, you think you're going to heaven. That's all it means. You're going to have, you know, not heaven on earth. The other place. That's what you're going to have. Because you don't know anything about your redemption or that what's being saved means. All right. And, and you hear a little illusion of it back in Luke, but it's just a faint one. It says we've been redeemed out of the hand of our enemies. Well, that's, that's redemption. You've been taken out of darkness now and put into light under the new covenant, see? And anyway, you, you're getting a hold of what I'm saying, I think. Look at verse 10. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth, which is what I'm talking about tonight, with the mouth, confession is made, resulting in salvation. So it's believing in the heart and saying something with the mouth that, that puts you into Christ or into the new birth. And this is the, this is the confession right here of the sinner to be saved. Not confessing his sins. <laughs> We're over on this side of the cross now. I mean, even Jesus alluded to it again. He didn't give us a lot of detail, but in John 16, I'm not going to turn there. In verse 9, he says that the Spirit will come and convict the world. And then he says of sin, singular, because they believe not in me. That's the only sin the sinner goes to hell for. Because they believe not in Jesus. Not because they committed adultery. Not because they stole. Not because they lied. Those are sins. But that doesn't send them to hell. The sin that sends them to hell is the sin of not believing on Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. When you believe, when you confess this right here, it changes your nature and you become a new creature. You become the righteousness of God. You become redeemed. Of course, I know you don't know all that, and I didn't either when I first got saved, but that's what we should have been teaching. It takes time to get people's minds renewed to all that because you're teaching, when you're in a church that's teaching third-level stuff, to teach something on 10th grade sounds far-fetched. You're up in Algebra 2, and you haven't had arithmetic very good yet. I mean, you know, it's kind of, whoo. That doesn't mean Algebra 2 doesn't work just means you don't understand it yet don't throw away algebra 2 you may need it and calculus is coming spiritually speaking 
Now, we're going to teach the basics, of course, but we're also teaching some other things a little stronger than that. Okay, so that's two confessions so far. The one, the Jew. First of all, I'm not a Jew. What does the New Testament divide us up? Let's see if you can catch this. In three categories. The Jew, the Gentile, and the church. Well, I'm not a Jew. My name's Jacobs, but I'm not a Jew. I never was brought up in the Jewish faith. <clears throat> Jacobs is my stepfather's name to begin with. But, you know, <clears throat> no, I'm the church and I need to identify with the church. No matter what nationality you came out of in the background, what culture you came out of, you're either saved or not saved. And once you get saved, then you need to identify with the New Testament and whatever the Bible says the church is, that's what you are. Whether you understand it yet, whether you can walk in it yet, maybe you're just, you know, getting up and kind of limping with it yet, you know, because it's not clear to you. You're not established in it. You're hearing it, but it's like, hmm, that sounds different. I had never heard that before. We need to rightly divide the word. It's so simple. The Bible says, I don't have time to get into great depth on this tonight, this level, because I got another message. I'm going down a certain track. But the Bible says he's already reconciled us and paid the price to, to that God's not mad at us. He's not, hold, he's not holding anything against the world. All they have to do is say yes to Jesus. Like Brother Hagin says, that's hell enough when you get there. And they said, the only thing he had to do is accept my son. And they go, oh, my goodness. Now there's no way to get out. Because hell is an eternal penitentiary. <clears throat> anyway, let's move on to Hebrews now to another confession. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14. We've just given some, some, some foundation and then I'm going to launch up into what I really want to talk about tonight. Is this helping anybody? So don't tell people if they're sinners that they need to remember everything they ever did. Even if they told you they, they remembered it, they don't. You know, they, they may have had a bad thought in, you know, their sophomore year of high school. They may have had a bad thought their junior year of college. They don't even remember it. They were drunk. No, you don't tell people that. That's, that's, that's not Bible. You tell them to confess Jesus, that you want to receive Jesus, confess him as Lord, and he'll come in and be Lord to you. Then get in a good church where you can grow up. But here, Hebrews 4.14, seeing then that we, Hebrews, come on, Hebrews. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus. He's the great high priest of the new covenant. And we're part of that royal priesthood. But Jesus, the son of God, let us, that let us means who? Us, the body, us, the body of Christ, us, the church. Let us hold fast our confession. I think, does it say? profession there but the real word is confession it's the greek word homo logia logia is the written word homo meaning to say the same thing as the written word we're to hold fast then to the written word of god and say that we're to hold fast to not just any part of the bible but to the new covenant we're not to hold fast to anything but the word of faith see let us hold fast to our confession of, and later it says in Hebrews, faith. So here's a third confession. And I'm going to talk about this one in depth in a minute. So this is a third confession. We're to hold fast to the Word of God. 
what I mean the word of God. I'm going to talk to you about that in just a minute. So hold on. So I'm going to tell you what you need to confess. You need to confess what the Bible says you are. You need to confess what Jesus has already, already done for you. Now, I like this song. I'm not picking on our song because we sing it all the time. But you just keep your theology straight. You know, I wish that you would save them too. He already has. They don't know it yet. We know what we mean when we sing that. That they, we're kind of, I'm putting in slang, that they'd get a clue. But he's, he's not going to go back to the cross to save them. He's already saved humanity. All, everybody on the earth could be saved right now in the next 10 seconds if they would say yes to him. And he don't have to do one single thing. It's all on man's side right now, that part of it. <laughs> to pray or ask him, Jesus! You know, that would do it if you had to do it that way. Just trying to keep your theology straight. I don't, I'm not putting down the song. I'm not saying we shouldn't sing it. But when I see, I'm the pastor. I'm looking at that. I'm reading the word. I'm analyzing it all. Uh-oh. I think I'll deal with that sometime. Right now is a good time. Not that we can't sing it. We know what we mean when we're singing it. Where our hearts are right. We want people to be saved. But let's keep our theology straight. We're talking about you starting to think in terms of what you are as a new covenant believer and what Jesus has already done for you. You know, well, these tapes get everywhere. I've got to be cautious what I say. You know, I buried somebody recently and I... <laughs> When they said to me, I don't understand why I can't get my healing. That's the wrong thing to say around me in the sense of, now I, I wasn't going to bring correction because it wasn't, it, it wasn't something that was going to be received right then. And so you do your best you can with some people and you love them and you just know this is it. See, when somebody says that to, something like that to me, or God says something to me about somebody. He said, they're not going to make it. Or, or they say to me something like that person said to me. You mean, I mean, it's not just a flag. I mean, it's just the end comes up on my screen. Because I know what that means. That means the end. See, that was the wrong thing to say. You say, well, that, that's not what they meant. No, that's what they said. Doesn't matter if that's what they meant. I'm going to talk to you about it. Doesn't matter if that's what you meant to say. That's what you said. And the devil doesn't care whether you meant it or not. If you licensed it with your words, that's what's coming to pass. I can't get my healing. You're not going to get it. <laughs> if you say that and start believing it, no matter who lays hands on you, me, Benny Hinn, Oral Roberts, all three of us, or whoever's your top dog, you know. <laughs> That you think, whatever, you know, I'm just, I'm not bad, bad mouthing them or me. I'm just saying, you know what? Oh, I know if they'd pray for me, they'd get it. No, you wouldn't. No, it's not up to them. It's up to you have some faith. Get your thinking straight. Remember what I taught you, what I teach you about impartations. What kind of faith is it that gets that? One, two, three. Mutual faith. There you go. Mutual faith. Not just the faith of Benny or 
or Pastor Michael or, or you know, Apostle Oral Roberts or Evangelist Oral or whatever. It's going to be mutual faith. Normally, you understand what I mean. There's some exceptions, but we just we don't want to go down that road. It's too complicated to explain now on this message. Let's go to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John, little John. Little, little 1 John. First epistle of John. All right. And uh, we're in chapter 1 and verse 9. Here's another confession. Now, it says... If we, now he's talking here, he's not talking to sinners, he's talking to believers. If we confess our sins, he is faithful, God's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And, and, and so here's another kind of confession. If after we're saved or born again or new, made a new creature, you, you get my, thri- uh, my comments here. What, when, once we're in Christ and we miss it or we sin out of disobedience, or ignorance, or whatever, and we recognize it. We say, Father, forgive me. This is what we do. This is what we're basing on. We confess it, and He forgives us, and He cleanses us. And guess what? He didn't even remember it anymore. New Covenant, you know, Hebrews talks about it. I don't have time to go over there with you. I will remember their sins no more. It's just as if you'd never sinned. Now, that's not a license to sin. Now, see, you get, here's people wrongly dividing the word. Verse 10, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. That's talking about people based on verse uh, 6. If they say they have fellowship with God and walk in darkness, they lie. He says we lie and do not the truth. So this would be a believer. But if he says he's in fellowship with God and lives contrary to that, he's not being honest. And he can't say, I don't have sin. But you could say you don't have sin if you're right with him. Well, let me ask you this. What does Hebrews say in chapter 10, verse 1 and 2? It says, the law and shadow of good things to come. But now we've come into the new covenant and the worshipers once purged should have no more conscience of sins. If you didn't have any conscience of sins, it would be because you're not sinning. And if you're not sinning, then you wouldn't say, I'm in sin. Quit looking for something to beat yourself up about. The devil will take advantage of it. Now, if you're not right, you're walking in darkness, even out of ignorance, the devil will still take advantage. That's why you need to keep coming to church and let your pastor, what, feed you so you can increase, get out of fear, and not be discouraged and grow up. See, because I can't say everything in one hour or one month or, you know, give me a 10 years with you. Hallelujah. I mean, didn't like, I mean, if you want to come to church and we want to work it out in the future where we're here six hours a day, Monday through Friday, and, and we want to do it that way, I could grow you up in about three years. Maybe charge you what IUS charges or Bellarmine. We could do it. Yeah, just talk. But I don't get that advantage and you don't either because... But we offer plenty here if you want it. We got three regular services. We got extra special meetings. We got Dr. Dufresne coming. Praise God. In November, five nights of glory. We got word explosion coming. Four nights of glory and days of power. Hallelujah. We got Bible school. We got first year, second year, third year, and mentoring class this year. I mean, you can come and get as strong and healthy and powerful as you want, or you can come Sunday morning and just 
float around with the perimeter people. They never get anywhere much. Trying to help you here. So what have we found? Four different types of confession so far. And really we're mainly concerned about the last two for us because we're already saved. And primarily we ought to be getting to where the main one we're concerned about is holding fast to our confession of faith because we're not breaking fellowship with God every other day. Running off to sin, running off to play, running off to do this, running off to be carnal. Well, I lost my temper. Well, stop it. Do something about it. Well, you don't, no, you don't understand. Don't tell me I don't understand. I used to throw hammers through walls. I understand temper. <laughs> you don't understand. You don't know who I am, do you? <laughs> you don't know me. Yeah, I understand temper and anger and frustration, disappointment. What else you like to know about? Lust, envy, jealousy. Deal with it. Or are you going to stay over here with First John all the time? You know, making that round back again. Oh, God, forgive me. I shouldn't have acted like that. No, you should be growing up beyond that acting like that. You know, we don't blame the preschoolers for acting like preschoolers. They don't come up, they come up and hug me on the leg. But if you're 27 and you come up and hug me on the leg, I may knock you in the head. <laughs> Slap you away a little. Hey, what are you doing down there? Get away. But Megan does it and Madeline and Kyle, I understand that. <laughs> Olivia, you know, I mean, Madeline, she, but I said, give me a hug, honey. She just grabbed my face. Get, she put one right on my, hmm. I said, man, that's a good kiss. I like that. But don't you try that. Especially you boys, you know what I mean? Anyway. See, you expect big, bigger things out of people that are growing up. And we're not down on you if you're struggling. But this is the way to get beyond it, what I'm going to teach you tonight. See, I'm only halfway through my message. And right, I'm a, I'm a, I went down this far on my page. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to talk and hunker down now, as they say, down into some things about your faith is spoken. And uh, here we have 2 Corinthians 4.13. We, that's when it says we, when Paul says we, he's talking about the believers. He's talking about the church. He's talking about those in Christ when he says we or us. He says them, he's talking about somebody not a part of us. Remember one time he said, they went out from us because they were not of us. <laughs> Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 4.13, we having the same spirit of faith, as according as it is written, that's important to note that, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken, Paul says. Then he says, we, meaning us, also believe and therefore speak. And I wrote this down in my notes. What you speak is what you believe. And what you believe is what you speak. Now let me repeat that. What you speak is what you believe. And what you believe is what you speak. Think about what I'm saying here. What you speak is what you believe. 
Well, I just don't think I could ever. Well, there you go. You're knocking yourself out. See, because that's what you really believe. There's no shame in being at a certain level. It's a shame to stay at a certain level. I mean, you know, we're all at different levels, all of us in this building. And I would be the first to tell you that, but I'm always reaching. I'm always reaching for the next level. I'm always doing, I've told you this before, I don't let a day go by that I don't think about my faith. And that involves how I talk, what I say, what I'm believing, what I'm reading, what I'm watching, what I'm hearing, all of those things. Just Let me say something else to some of you. Just because you keep your mouth shut doesn't mean you're making a lot of progress either. <laughs> you're just frustrated on the inside, you know, like the duck. Remember the duck syndrome? Looks smooth on the outside and underneath paddling like crazy. Man, I hope this works. <laughs> yeah, well, you see what I'm saying. So you're going to have to, you got to work on your faith. You got to, I remember I was talking, listening to somebody the other day, and after I got done, I said, you know, all that you've told me pertains to other people. But what are you going to do about it? <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me help you here. Venting, venting, do I have to explain venting? Does anybody understand venting? You know, when you're, you're angry or you're frustrated, you're disappointed, let me just tell you what they did. Let me tell you what she said. Let me tell you what they did. You're venting. And guess what that does for you? Usually nothing. And usually repels you backwards. Instead of propels you, it repels you backwards. Hey. No, it's not what other people say and do that's putting you down. It's what you do about it. You've got to rise above people like that. You've got to get above that. And you've got to deal with yourself. And you've got to do, you got to, if you're going to have the spirit of faith, you have to believe something and then you're going to have to speak it. And you're going to have to speak it until you believe it. And then here you go with this thing. Well, but that's not what I meant. No, but that's what you said. <laughs> I was with Dr. Dufresne recently. And the Simons, Pastor Simons, Johnny and Debbie are in the back seat and Pastor Diana, you know, and we're, Dr. Dufresne's here and I'm driving. And, he, and I was telling him something about the car. We got into the conversation. And I made a comment. And I mean, it just barely got out of my mouth and he whipped around at me. What did you say? I mean, I'm not kidding. My wife will back me. And I said, well, and then I started talking. I didn't catch it at first. See? He goes, no, not that part. And then he quoted the part that he was correcting me on. And I said, and I, of course, I wasn't going to defend myself because he, and then for 30 minutes, he preached to all of us in the car about what Pastor Michael had just said. It was a great preach, too. I, I think I gave him an offering. We did buy him some clothes. <laughs> We took him somewhere and bought him some clothes. But, but the, it wasn't time to say, it was never time to say that. And, and actually, he got me three different times on his last trip here like that. I felt like I am not saying nothing. <laughs> and you know what I told him when I took him to the airport, or maybe it was the last night I took him to the hotel, I think it was. I think, 
I don't remember now. Did you take him to the airport? And so the last night we was going over there and uh, to the hotel. And I said, you know, sir, I appreciate you correcting me. I need it. I need you, and I need you to keep speaking into my life. Don't hold back. I'm not offended. I'm not going to take, I, I, I receive what you said to me. At three different times he did that. <laughs> and guests in the car, you know, I mean, it really makes you feel spiritual. <laughs> and boy, I mean, he preached good. It was a good message. Hmm. I know everybody in the back seat was going, oh gosh, I'm glad that's him. <laughs> <laughs> I know you were happy about it, weren't you, honey? <laughs> uh, listen, we're talking about your faith is spoken. If you're not speaking what you want or need, it's not coming. Now, these are just things that I wrote down as I was meditating on this message. It's kind of been brewing in me for about two or three weeks. If you're not speaking what you want or you need, it's not coming. Now, that's kind of strong, but, you know, we need to take that to heart. If I'm not speaking what I need or I want, then it's not coming. I mean, you know, uh, you know, I know I prayed tonight publicly with you to get your agreement or to get you to get in here with me about the money, not to get your money, but to get your faith moving about this money to come in. But I already prayed about it before I ever presented it to the Father. I mean, I, what I'm saying is I prayed myself before the father and said now father you told me don't go this direction so i obeyed you and you told me to do it this way and to believe you for it that's what you told me father so i believe you for forty thousand dollars a minimum to come in of 40 grand i personally believe you for that myself i'm using my faith and then of course tonight i prayed with you publicly to get you involved with me in it in your faith see hallelujah so if we're not speaking what we want, and when I think about it, I don't think about it every second. I'm talking about the 40,000. But if I think about it through the day, I say, Father, I just thank you for meeting that need. Just thank you for meeting that need. Just thank you for meeting that need. I thank you, Father. We prayed. We're believing. I'm believing. We're believing. We thank you for meeting that need. It's light and easy. I'm not going to. And it, and, it, and it doesn't even hardly come. Now, I can't say it never has in the past, but it doesn't come like, oh, my, what if it doesn't? No, I don't think like that. My mind's over in Faithville. <laughs> you ever been to Faithville? Stay there. <laughs> don't leave. <laughs> don't leave home without your faith. All right. Listen, if, if you're not speaking what you want or need, it's not coming and it's not going to come into manifestation or into this natural physical world if you're not speaking it. Whatever it is you need, if you need healing in your body, and you're not speaking for that healing to come or you're not calling for that to come into your body. Guess what? That healing's not coming. It's available, but it's not coming because you're not. I'm going to say it to you this way, like the Bible, you're not calling for it. You've got to call for the things you want. You see, you, remember, we, we, we've been singing a lot in our messages. I know I'm not much of a singer, but you don't want to tell it like it is. Oh, baby. No, you want to tell it like you want it. Tell it like you want it. Oh, baby. <laughs> oh, brother and sister. Oh, church of God. Hallelujah. 
Yeah, if you're not if you're not speaking what you want or need, it's not coming. It's not going to come into manifestation into this natural physical world. You always speak first what you're going to do or what you believe to do. You speak about that first. A lot of times at night, Pastor Diane and I'll talk and she'll say, Honey, what'd you, what's, what are you doing tomorrow? Well, she knows what I'm doing. Like generally, I'm going to work. But she means like, do I got any appointments? Am I having lunch with somebody? And am I having a staff meeting? Or uh, da, 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 you know. And, she, she, and so I say, well, let's see. I think... Now, I have my calendar at home, too, and I have a thing that Donna prints out every week, who's coming, what's going on, what I have planned. And I'll say, well, I'll have a meeting with Sean tomorrow about this, have a staff meeting with the whole staff at 10, then I have a luncheon with da-da-da, and then I have two appointments in the afternoon or whatever. What did I do? I just spoke what I'm going to do. I spoke what I'm going to do. If we ask you, are you going on vacation this year? Of course, summer's about over now, but are you going on vacation? Yeah, where are you going? And you tell me where you end up. You don't even have the tickets yet sometimes. If it's far enough back, you don't have tickets for it. But you say, well, I'm going to so-and-so. I'm going to such-and-such. I'm going to fly. I'm going to drive. I'm going to take the Amtrak this time. I'm going to go to the island somewhere, and I'm going to take a boat, and I'm going on a cruise. Oh, where are you going? And I'm going here and here and here and here, and, and we got, a, we got a, a, a suite on the boat, and you know, you tell me all this, right? You, know, you can eat all you want. <laughs> what are you doing? You're, you're speaking first what you're going to do. That's the way that we were created to function. You do it every day. I do it every day. I mean, you're doing things all the time. Uh, I, I talked to the staff today about some things coming up in the future that we may do. You know, we may go on TV. We've got an offer to get on TV now. A very good offer. But anyway, we'll see. I don't know. I'm going to pray about it a little further. I mean, it's like, well, it's just supernatural. That's all I can say. And, and I'll tell you more as the Lord allows me to. But So just different things. We're upgrading all that we do around here. And, we're, 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 and we talk about that all the time. And you should talk. You have a dream. I mean, my goodness, if you just get one-tenth of something that's big, you got something. Instead of saying, well, I don't know if I can ever believe her. Stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Right now. <laughs> Come on. You got to speak. Let me show you something. Turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, please. Show you something here from the Amplified Bible. Remember, you know, this lady, I don't know. She get, we get to heaven. I want to say, lady, we preached about you all over the world. Lady with the issue of blood. I don't know why she always comes up. But she was quite a lady and her faith was commended by Jesus. And here's something it says in the Amplified. I think it only says this in the Amplified. Let me find it here. Okay, it's verse 21. Let's start in verse 20 of Matthew 9, verse 20. Remember I said you speak first what you believe. Or what you're going to do. You know, Pastor, I've been believing for a new job. Here at Kelly the other day said, uh, Pastor, I'm, going to, I'm putting in an application. Can I give you his report? I filled it out and sent it back yesterday. Gave you a good report too. Yeah, she told me. She told me first. Said, I want to know if I could use you as a recommend." I said, sure you can. Now, you better be sure you're in good standing with me to ask me. <laughs> if you ask me, I'll say you better not. <laughs> And you better not, because <laughs> I'm not going to tell anybody you're something that you're not. <laughs> I'm not going to lie for you. But anyway, go moving right along. 
But she said to me first, can I do that? And I said, yeah. And said, well, I'll send you something or they'll send you something. And so I filled it out and we sent it back. See, now what I'm saying is, you're saying things. All she said, I, I've got opportunity to do this. And many of you have done that with me. Well, I, I've got an opportunity to do that and I'm believing for this or this or that or the other. Brother John sitting back here, John Daniel, he and I talking his way. And they wanted to get a house. I said, well, go look. Go look. You got to go look, man. Go in there like you could buy five of them. Don't act like, I don't know if we, don't go in, stand tall. And if you see a problem in there, talk about it. Hey, what's this here? What's this? That's going to have to be fixed. Come on now. <laughs> well, I just couldn't do that. You don't want a house then. You got to go look. You got to talk. Got to make an offer. You don't know this family may be in strife. They just want to dump the dumb thing. Uh-oh, see, I said something bad. They just want to dump the wonderful house. <laughs> see, and if you're paying attention. See, because they're all in strife, they just want their money. Grandma's gone, and Aunt Susie's gone, and, you know, whatever. Uncle Freddy's, he's kicked the bucket, and so we're going to get rid of the house, and we're all going to have a little money. And so they don't, they just want to get rid of it. So you don't know, you just got to act like, it, but you're going to say something. Normal people are going to say something to somebody about that before they go do anything. And you're going to have to say something too. Well, you know, pastor, I've always wanted to, well, then talk about it. If God's told you about it, if he's spoken and get in the word and find out what he, this is the most important thing. We're holding fast to the written word. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, God's been dealing with me some about Abacon. Again, going back to Abacon, that's in Russia. You know, they just dropped two airliners today or yesterday. That's not a good report. So I got to believe, just like I do every trip, if I go, everything will be all right. <laughs> but I can do that because I have faith. I'd look, or I'd just stay home if I didn't. See, sometimes you just got to judge yourself in it. But what you got to do is start talking. And what is your talking based on? What the Bible says. You say, is this boring, Pastor? No, you're just not listening. You're never going to get beyond your words. You're never going to get beyond your words. You're never going to get beyond your words. Your words are setting the limitations in your life. I'm a very, very wealthy man. Pastor, you got a lot of money? I got a whole lot of money by faith. I got a lot of seed in the ground. You see these guys up 65 on all that flat land on those tractors? $95,000 tractors about as wide as this room? That's me. I planted a bunch of fields with that big equipment. Yeah, I'm not, I haven't got any big bank account somewhere. I'm not running around with, you know, $1,000 bills in my pocket yet. And that's not my motivation. But God told me, I'm going to make you wealthy. Because you've obeyed me all these years. And I know you're going to, I said, you got that right. <laughs> going to continue to obey you. Not to get wealthy just because I love you. I'm riding in a car going to a meeting in Mexico. Lord said, I'm going to make you a wealthy man. 
<laughs> I mean, I'd been saying that for a while, and he said it. I said, whoa, he's in agreement. <laughs> I did the first time I've said anything. I didn't even tell her, and he told me something else I can't say right now, but he said, I'm going to, yeah. I said, man, whoa. I just kept praying in tongues. You know, I'm sitting in the car with my Bible waiting. I'm being taken to the meeting to go preach. I didn't start ripping the ceiling out of the car or nothing. You know, going wild and acting crazy and telling everybody. But see, see, if you'll do right and you'll get, get in God, now how could I say that to begin with? Well, he says there's a wealthy place for me. And he says that he wants me to be in health and prosper as my soul prospers. So my mind keeps getting renewed to the fact he wants me to prosper. And I start saying, instead of saying, well, I'm prospering, I'm a wealthy man. And it's starting to happen. But, but I'm not taking on a second job to make it happen. You know, I, I'm not out trying to do something else. To, I'm just believing God and walking with Him. And that's not a, that's not a priority. My, 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 my priorities is to preach this gospel and to grow people up into the reality of their inheritance. That is my whole motivation to be here. I wouldn't even be here today if it wasn't for that. I would have left 15 years ago. I didn't want to stay here 15 years ago. And I, you know, I'd had some visions and stuff about, <laughs> and got in the Bible about heaven. I mean, my goodness. Of course, I had a wonderful wife and wonderful daughter. And my son, of course, is really before he was even born. So it had been about 17, 18 years ago. 19 now, maybe. Hallelujah. This woman, though, look at her. In, in chapter 9 of Matthew, in verse 20, Behold, a woman who had suffered... From a flow of blood for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. Here it is, verse 21, amplified. For she kept saying to herself, 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 if only I touch his garment, I shall be restored to health. And Jesus turned about and seeing her said, Take courage, daughter, your faith has made you well. Your what? Your faith. And what was she saying? She was saying something. So her faith was what? Spoken. But she was speaking it before it came to pass. So that it could come to pass. See, that's the thing about faith. And that's hard on your natural mind. It's, on, it's my, mine too, but I've got over that hump. I can't tell you when I got over it. It's been a long time now. But I remember first hearing Brother Copeland teach some of this, 1978. <laughs> I began to feed on those tapes back then, you know, that he was producing the cassettes. Back in those days, they didn't have CDs and all this other. And, and I was listening to, and then one day it just clicked. I got to say it so I can have it. I got to say it so I can see it. Notice it didn't act like she maybe said, well, you know, I hope this works. Or that she just said once. She kept saying to herself. See, here's another problem sometimes. You think that we have to convince other people that we have faith. That's not true. You have to convince yourself and you have to convince God in the sense that you say to yourself these things. Sometimes it's dangerous to say too much to a group of people. They'll talk you out of it. 
You know, if I, if I told you what I see in 10 years from now, maybe half of you'd leave say, oh my gosh, we can't afford that. I don't know. Maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. You know, everybody say, oh, I wouldn't do that. Better. Tell us whatever you want. I did sometime and a bunch of them left. Or said, well, you can't do that. Well, we never heard of that before. What's the, you know, there's no priority on having church on Sunday any different than Tuesday. What if God tells me to have church on Tuesday and Thursday? Would you come? I don't know. You, maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. I don't know, not that I'm going to do that, but you see what I'm saying? We think we can handle things until somebody says something, we go, I never heard that before. Wonder why I did that. Wonder why I say that. See what I'm saying? Hope you see what I'm saying, because I'm saying <laughs> But she kept saying that. She just kept saying, Boy, if I touch his garment, I'll be whole. If I touch his garment, I'll be whole. If I touch his garment, I'll be whole. And then she touched it and she was whole. Let's go back to the book of Genesis a minute. You learn anything tonight? You are made in the image of God. You're made in the image of God. Hallelujah. Look at this here. We're in Genesis uh, one twenty six. And then we're going to go to Genesis 1.1. Genesis, Genesis 1.26 is right near the front. <laughs> right after the table of contents. <laughs> and God said, let us make man in our image. Now notice this. I want you to make a note of some of this. Let us make man. Say man. Okay, he's going to make man in his image. So man is going to be in the image of God. That means male and female. The female man is the man with the womb, but we're still of the race of man. So I'm, I'm, not try, I'm trying to just put a point over to all of us here, male and female. So he's made the race of man in his image, and then he says, after our likeness, let them have dominion. Them meaning male and female and the race of man. And they're going to have dominion over the sea and the air and cattle and the fowl and so forth and everything that creeps upon the earth. So here's what I want you to see. You're made in his image that you might have dominion. Now look at chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Now listen, whatever project you're trying to do with God, whatever you understand what I mean by project, whatever thing you're believing him for, it has to have a beginning. You have to have a point when you start believing. Everybody does. <laughs> or it wouldn't be faith. Faith is what? Now. There has to be a now for you to begin. And when you have that now, that's your beginning. So just think of that in terms of you. Now we're looking at God. I know He's creating. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And actually the Hebrew says, when we teach on deliverance, we could teach all this. And the earth became without form and void, because of the devil. And the darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, now listen to me, there was darkness there, and God said, let there be light. You see, he saw something, but what he saw was not what he wanted to see. Maybe there's something in your life that you experience that's not what you want to see. Not what you want to see by circumstance. Not what you're believing. So you're going to have to say what you want. God saw darkness and said light. 
So if it's wrong for us to do that, it's wrong for God to do it. But he said, you ought to follow me. I made you in my image. If you see something out of order, then speak to it and call for what you want. Yeah, but I'm on such a fixed income. Unfix it. I have abundance and no lack. I have abundance and no lack. Pastor, I mean, my tithe is only $4 a week. I have abundance and no lack. You start saying that and then praying in there, Father, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He'll show you how to get some more money. Legally, ethically, morally, etc., you know. And, and, and He'll begin to promote if you'll call for it and you'll believe Him to show you what to do to go about it. Are you listening? God told me to write a book, and I said, Lord, I don't know how to write a book. He said, learn. I said, okay, I can write a book. I can write a book. I can write a book. I can write a lot of books. Now, Father, how do I need to go about this? Well, he said, you'll need to figure out what you're going to write about. You're going to put it down on paper, and then you're going to have to edit it. And then you're going to have to print it, and you're going to have to have a printer print your books and get a cover design. You're going to have to register with the Library of Congress and do it all legal and do it all right. And Man, I made some mistakes, but I wouldn't quit. And I learned. I learned. <laughs> Had it to do over, I'd do it a little different now, but I didn't know then. But here's the thing. I saw darkness. I saw no way to do it. I didn't have the money to do it. didn't have the education to do it. Didn't have the time to do it, I thought, at first. But then I had to change all that in my thinking. When God says do something, just say yes and amen. And then begin to ask Him for the wisdom of how to implement. Amen. See, see, this is the same thing. You're looking at something, you say, well, that isn't what I'm believing. It don't look like it. Here, it don't look like it's working. I know it's not a good English. It doesn't look like it's working out. Don't say that. It may not look like it's working, but don't say that. Say, Father, I thank you. I'm calling for the light. Light come. Light come on Light revelation come to me that I need to be the right kind of husband. Light come to be the right kind of father. Lord, show me how to be the right kind of wife. Lord, show us how to be good parents to our children. Lord, show us how to be good sheep to our pastor. Lord, show us how to be good sheep to you, Father. Lord, show us how to spend our money right. I mean, you ask God for anything, and it, you may say, well, I, you know, I've been in debt all my life. My mom was in debt all of her life. My dad's 87 years old. He's still in debt. I'm going to have to bury him. Yeah, but you got an opportunity listening to what I'm preaching to change it. Doesn't have to happen overnight, but it'll happen if you stay with it. And the, unfortunately, there's a whole lot of people willing to talk you out of your dream and out of getting successful and out of changing anything. You can't do that. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard to speak to something. You know that doesn't work anyway. Listen to the way they're talking. I've tried that once or twice. That doesn't work for me. You stupid car. I don't know. You don't ever work for me anyway. Well, they just cursed their own car. I tell my car, you're, you're beauty. Taking you back, but you're still a nice car. And you run great for me. <laughs> Lexus, come. <laughs> got, a, got a hand back here. <laughs> Hallelujah. And God, now look at this one more time, verse 3 and 4. And God said, let there be light. And God saw. Say, and God saw. So here's the principle. 
God said, and there was, and God saw. <laughs> Jim said, and there was, and Jim saw. I got Jim right here and Jim back there. Both Jims are nodding at me. <laughs> <laughs> go quickly to the book of Ephesians. I'll have to close it down over here. Ephesians 5, would you? How many know Ephesians in the New Testament? But we're looking at God's principle of doing things now. And, and Ephesians 5, we'll close with this. It's, i got to let you go here for tonight. This is important. Here's what struck me out of Genesis. I'm in Ephesians 5, but just one thought here. It's, it was God's idea for you and I as man to have dominion. That's amazing. I just, you know, I'm meditating on this. And, and it's God's idea for man to have dominion. Think about what I'm saying. Man, that's, that's rich. Here in Ephesians 5 and verse 1, here's, here's a part of what I'm talking about. And be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Now we just saw the way God does things. This word followers in your King James is the word where we get our English word mimic in the Greek. The Greek word follower translated over into English is where we get our word mimic. So he's really saying be an imitator or a mimic of God imitate what he does the way he would do something no I'm not God but I'm a son of God I'm of the race of man and now I've been put into Christ which gives me greater dominion under this new cup and you can see now that I'm to imitate the way God does things so if I see something that's out of line with what I know I want According to what he has said I could have and what he wants for me, I can speak to it and command it to change. Because God gave dominion to man, God released his authority or his dominion. We saw it just a minute ago in words that are released. And then he made man in his own image and he said, now you take words and you release your dominion in what you say. I'm telling you, we have such an authority. I don't have time to give, get into all this because my time's running out. I'll give you one, just a verse to take home with you. It's John 5, 26. And Jesus makes this comment that Jesus, John 5, 26, has authority to execute judgment because He is the Son of Man. John 5, 26. And I saw that to execute judgments, the same thing as release your dominion. And he can do that. Why? Because he's of the race of man. Jesus walking in the earth was a man. Hallelujah. He's son of God, yes, but he's walking as a man. The Bible says in Philippians, he emptied himself of his heavenly privileges. I don't think you're catching this. He emptied himself of his heavenly privileges, meaning that whatever he walked in in the earth, you and I can walk in it too. And now even more as he is, so are we in this world. I think you're getting it with me. 
Hallelujah. I'm an imitator of God. He's my father. He's my father. I mean, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Rivera family came over. It's been a while now. It, it, uh, David came and Steve Renfro came to take out a tree way back, you know, a couple months back. And Kyle came with them. And Kyle's about this tall. Came with David. And he, he had these boots on like, you know, he's going to do something major. And his daddy told him to get something. He dragged this big piece of equipment out of the car. Remember that, Steve? And he's walking it up to the thing. Kind of drag. <laughs> he's imitating his dad. He's about this tall, you know. The piece of equipment's about half as big as he is. And he was just, he was in tall cotton with dad, you know, coming to help pastor that day. You know, take, take a tree out, you know. But he was watching his dad. And imitating his dad. And I, it's kind of a little mental picture, you know, of us and the father. We ought to act like the father acts. Talk like the father would talk. We're not trying to be God, but we have the right to act like God because we're of his, of his loins now. We're of his offspring. We're his offspring, access. We're bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, dominion of his dominion. <laughs> My goodness. Whew. I don't know if I've cleaned your plow, but I've sure cleaned mine. I'm ready to dig a little more. <laughs> Shoo. Get in the Bible with me and keep on saying those things you know God's promised. I'm healed. I'm righteous. I'm, I didn't get that far in my message. It's in here in my notes. Hallelujah. But we're going to get to it eventually. Now next two Wednesdays we've got new members. So when you come in, everything will be set up different. It'll be set up like a classroom in here with tables. And we'll have material for everybody and so forth. Do you have anything to add, honey? Any announcements, last minute, anythings? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Let's all stand up just a minute. Thank you so much for coming tonight. What a blessing to see you and have you here. Father, we just thank you for your word and for what dominion you've given us. What a tremendous thing you have done. And we're going to do our best to walk in this by the help of the Holy Ghost and walk in and hold fast to our confession of faith that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world, that we've been delivered from every evil work, that we've been raised to sit with Christ in heavenly places, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That, Father, you have made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, for it kills, but of the Spirit that gives life. And we thank you for it, Father. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. That's what we need to be saying. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. And we thank you for it and praise you for it tonight. May these words and this teaching of your word sink deep into all of us and may all of us step up higher in walking in our dominion because our faith is spoken in Jesus' name. Bless the people as they leave. Let the angels of God go with them now and keep us safe. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen.